It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins, powered by BetUS. Now that's what we've been waiting for. Before we get into the win on the road against the Chargers, let me tell you, we're brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. Greg, this was a big win. For the Patriots, instead of falling to three and five, they're now four and four. When you look at the AFC standings, that conference is fluid, man. There's not a single mm-hmm. team that has less than you know two losses. Uh, it's all kind of jumbled up. Let's talk about the game. Your thoughts overall, before we get into specifics, just your overall thoughts on that win on Sunday. My overall thoughts are that it was a good, solid win for the Patriots. Uh, I wouldn't say it was uh, spectacular in any fashion, uh, but for them to go on the road and grind out a win like that, uh, the manner in which they did it, especially in the second half, Nick, I thought yeah. that the Patriots, what we saw in the second half of them, when they sort of realized they regrouped at halftime, they said, you know, we got to get back to running the ball, play action, uh, keep doing what we're doing on defense. I think they sort of have Justin Herbert's number. I think a lot of the smarter, I will say this, I think the smarter defensive minds and the more experienced defenses in the league are starting to figure out Justin Herbert in that, you know, I, it, it was almost identical to what the Ravens did to him before their bye week uh, when they lost, I think, 34 to six. Um, he, Him and the receivers are having some issues uh, getting on the same page against good defenses and I thought the Patriots continued that and I think you know for a while they're just going to be a team that the Chargers are going to have a lot of issues with Um, but I thought that what we saw in the second half that's basically what we've talked about since the get-go with this team that that at some point they were going to have to they were going to have to run the ball well they're going to have to protect the rookie quarterback well they're going to have to make a few plays in the passing game, but really it's going to have to be defense and special teams that sort of wins this game for the team. And I thought that was exactly the blueprint that we saw in the second half. So, look, did we expect it that it was going to take until week eight? No, but, you know, I think I've been pretty consistent where I said the second half of the season is when the offense would would gel. I, we figured we would see the defense and the special teams carry them earlier in the season. It didn't work out. Stuff happens in the NFL. But if combine this with the Jets game, this game now, you know, the Panthers aren't great, but they're a tough team and they're going to give them issues. And so if they can start stacking success here, then we're like, okay, 
Now the things are starting to fall into place. Now they're starting to be, uh, you know, a really tough football team like we figured they would. And, and you know, better late than never. And like you said, because the AFC playoff picture is so jumbled, it was nice to get this victory. I don't think it was essential to their uh, postseason dreams. I think this is going to go down to the end. I think 9-8 and eight is going to get in the AFC. Um, but for them to go out there and get this victory, uh, definitely a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I was kind of puzzled at some of the things in the first half. You know, Josh McDaniels' decision to kind of spread out the Chargers' defense and, and throw the football a lot more than I expected. We talked about this last week. Yep. I thought Damian Harris would get at least 20 to 25 touches. He was about there by the end of the day. In the first half, I thought they went away from the run a little too much. And like you said, they corrected that in the second half. Their defense, Greg, I thought was overall pretty damn good. And when you look at it, you know, aside from the 75-yard run, which is a big play in the first half, a mm -hmm. couple of guys messed up there. McCourty, Hightower, uh, Carl Davis got tripped up. So a, a couple of cats were in position to make that play, and uncharacteristically they failed to do so. But aside from that big play, the rest of that first half, there was nothing for the Chargers offense, and even through most of the third quarter into the early fourth. So I, I thought the defense stepped up. As far as looking forward now, just as a schedule-wise, because we'll talk more about this game, of course, but when you look at the schedule, you and I talked about this. I brought it up two weeks ago. This is the stretch. Mm -hmm. This was the stretch where the Patriots could kind of get ahead a little bit here. Tough loss against Dallas. Tough loss against Tampa. Tough loss against Miami. But then you had the stretch of games that we talked about. Jets, Chargers, Carolina, Cleveland, Atlanta. Looking at that, Greg, I thought the Chargers game was going to be the most difficult by far and they win that game. They have a chance now. They have a chance to make a little bit of a run. They beat the Jets. They beat the Chargers. Now you look at Carolina, Cleveland, Atlanta. Can they keep this thing rolling a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you hope so, but I, I just hope, Nick, that, um, and we know that Belichick is the best at this, that they don't, that they don't still start to feel good about themselves and get a little inflated ego about what they've done. Because, you know, look, the bottom line is, you know, they've beaten the Jets twice, the Texans, and they beat a Chargers team who, you know, yes, as of right now, it's a good win. I don't know if it's going to look that way a month ago. I, and I'm, that's not to discount the win. I, I do think the Chargers are going to be in a little bit of a free fall here. But the point is, they just need to keep doing what they're doing, and they need to stack success and keep going in the upward direction. They haven't accomplished anything. They finally got back to 500 for the first time since they left that stadium on December 6th last year when they were 6-6. Six and six. We know what happened after that. Uh, so uh, all Belichick needs to do is look back at last year and say, you know, we felt really good about ourselves after we left uh, that stadium and then we played in the same stadium on Sunday and got our ass kicked by the Rams and, and the bottom fell out for us the rest of the way. And he needs to really pound that into the team because you're right, they do have a chance to go on a run here and really sort of put themselves into position where – if they can go on a run here and, you know, the Titans just lost Derrick Henry, they have yep. them coming up. And then the two game, the two, the two game swing with Buffalo, the Patriots have a chance to really get themselves into a good position where they can be contenders, uh, certainly playoff contenders in the AFC. Uh, we'll see about the AFC East, whether they're still in it when they get Buffalo coming up. But um, yeah, this is an important stretch for them. They just, I, I just hope, 
because we've seen it before. They cannot have a letdown. You can think that the Panthers aren't that good. They're going to get Sam Darnold back this week. They're probably going to get Christian McCaffrey back. They're a different team with McCaffrey. Uh, Gilmore played really well last week for them. Uh, They're a little bit of a different team, so they got to keep plugging away. Look, the NFL is weird, and and I know we play this game. We play this game all the time, right? Oh, well, the the Patriots win against the Jets wasn't as, you know, cute as you might have thought it was or – you know, man, the, you know, the Chargers game might not look great a month from now. I just think we got to stop playing those games with the NFL. Look at the AFC. The Jets have beat Tennessee and Cincinnati, two of the supposed best teams in the conference. Who would have thought that was going to happen, right? The Patriots could have easily beaten Tampa and could have easily beaten Dallas if things went a certain way. You can, you can glass half full, glass half empty this thing until you drop dead. You, you just look around, and I've got to tell you, Kansas City last night against New York did not look good. They won the game, but the Giants aren't very good, and Kansas City looked about as good as they are. Pittsburgh is now, I think, what, 4-3 and three after beating Cleveland and Cleveland on Sunday. Pittsburgh's not a great team. Ben Roethlisberger's practically washed. Yep. Buffalo, everybody's going to sit there and talk about Buffalo. Josh Allen so far this year has declined. Look at him analytically. Look at him statistically. He's not the same quarterback. And if we're going to sit here and jump on the Patriots' strength of schedule, the Buffalo Bills' strength of schedule is a joke. It's under 400. So, you know, we we can I don't think anybody – I understand understand where you're going with this, Nick. I don't – no one's questioning their their strength of schedule. It's just the Patriots need to worry about themselves, and they just need to keep getting better. It doesn't matter. They have wins. They're 4-4. and They're 500. They started zero. They're in the thick of this thing. With everybody, now they just need to stack success. I agree. My point is this. I don't know how much people look at the other teams, right? Because we're, we're centrally focused on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. My point is the Patriots are pretty much just like the rest of the AFC, especially with Tennessee losing Henry. Like, there's really no separation here. We can pick apart wins and losses all we want. The fact is, this conference, when you stack it up against the NFC, is not even close. I mean, you look at the NFC, the top five seeds – have two losses or less. I mean, you've got Green Bay, you've yep. got uh, you've got Green Bay, Arizona, you've got the the Cowboys with one loss, you've got the Rams with one loss, the Saints have two losses, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have two losses. In the AFC, there's an opening. So I think we can get deep into the weeds as far as you know, week in and week out. The point is they've got a chance here because I don't think anybody is running away with this conference. Let's talk about Mac Jones on Sunday. Uh, of course, it, it's rather obvious to say this was not one of his best games, probably his worst. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought I thought Mac Jones was um, he he got sped up. I I still don't know the reason. I have watched the the offensive film. I have not watched all the defensive film. Um, he just uh, you know part of it the uh, the the. Uh, the Chargers did come out and they did have a couple of really nice disguises early on. You know, there were some pressure issues. There were some issues with the receivers as well, not really running right routes. It just, and, and the Chargers are very, I will say this, they're very fast on defense. And uh, I, I I think that McDaniels probably did Mac Jones a disservice with how many times they did throw in the first half. Yep. And uh, not that Mac was all that much better in the second half when they did run the ball. I mean, he did make some key plays, and and you know, the, I, I thought the second half the formula looked like 
sort of like the 2001 Patriots, you know, where it's just like, hey, we're going to win it on defense and special teams, and all the, all the offense needs to do is possess the ball, take some time off the clock, make a few key conversions, uh, cash in a few times, and that's our formula. And, uh, you know, Mac, the, my, my biggest issue with Mac in this game was that I thought for the first time, and this is going to happen to him, he's a rookie quarterback. He's going to go through ups and downs. I would like to see him deal with the frustration a little bit better. Uh, it seemed like he was getting a little outside of his body, a little bit out of control, and that he lo- he he lost control of what he was doing just a little bit. Uh, not a huge deal, and I don't think it's going to be a problem moving forward, but he's just got to realize, look, not everything's going to go your way, and you just got to keep plugging away until you find it. And I thought they found it a little bit in the second half, and so – you know, that was a little bit of an upward trajectory, but I also think that like a guy like Nelson Aguilar, they hook up on that, that play in the early in the game, the 40, 41 yarder, I think it was, or 44 yarder, uh, which was a spectacular throw by Mac. Great catch by Aguilar. I think it was the first drive of the game. And, um, and then after that, I don't know, for some reason, him and Aguilar are not on the same page. Aguilar's showing some frustration at times. Now it's growing with each week. I think those guys just they just got to settle down and got to play a little bit better ball, and I think they will. Yeah, we saw, as you put it, I saw this at bostonsportsjournal.com. Uh, the the Mac Jones face made an appearance yep. on Sunday. We saw that a couple of times. Also, Aguilar is reminding me of Jason Tatum on a, on a football field with all the complaining. Just, yeah. just play, man. Just play. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop complaining. Just play the damn game. Uh, we'll get into the trade deadline in, in a minute and, and a lot more into this game. I did want to bring up some of the coaching issues that we saw again again on Sunday. Clock management with the timeouts. You blow all three timeouts, one on a challenge, one on once again, 12 men on the field coming out of the timeout. I I think they had 14 on the field at one point. I mean, uh, you've heard the rant. I'm done ranting. Can we fix it? Uh, So we had some of those issues again, even in a win, Greg. Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, I thought the challenge was just like you saw them throw the challenge flag, and you're just like, you know, uh, what are you doing? I mean, you're 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 grasping at straws. I mean, at least figure out who the flag before you throw the challenge flag or throw it, and then ask the official like, did you say it was on seventy one or this one? Before you go to a booth review, they pick it up if you're like, oh, I thought you said so and so, and that was just a dumb challenge. I don't. Bill took responsibility after the game for it. I don't believe that for a second. I think that I think that somebody in the booth got overexcited, could be Matt Patricia, about trying to force a play and getting a safety where you just got to stay in the moment and be like, they're still deep in their territory. The third timeout that they took uh, was really smart, and it was right before a play, and I think it was a third down conversion. I think it was the one to Jacoby Myers, which really sort of clinched the game for them, where yeah. – uh, play action fake, go up top, uh, and Mac Jones did a really good job. Myers did a really good job. They sucked in the linebacker. So I'm okay with that one, but don't be out of timeouts to 638 left in the fourth fourth quarter. Yeah, that's the issue. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, Belichick's explanation for the challenge and saying, oh, well, you know, I thought it was Kyle Van Noy who got held or whatever he said. Like, Like you mentioned, ask the ref. You threw the challenge flag. Say, hey, who's the call on? 
oh, it's on Christian. Christian Barmore was held. Okay, well, Barmore was nowhere near the you know end zone. I'm picking up the challenge flag. Let's just move on. I thought you called it on somebody else. It was a wasted challenge. Uh, before we get to the trade deadline and also more stuff about this game, because we have things to feel good about, to be worried about, three up, three down, let's talk about BetUS.com. And if you listened to Greg last week and you went to BetUS.com, all of you won money because I know Greg's not going to say this himself. Uh, he did tweet it in jest a little bit. But Greg not only told you that the Patriots are going to win, he actually nailed the score. And, yes, broken clock is right twice a day. But Precisely. Greg nailed it 27-24. If you listen to this and you went to BetUS and you used the code BSJ, got up to 200% in bonuses, you could have cashed in by pay, uh, picking the Patriots getting four and a half points uh, late last week. Yeah, I mean, look, BetUS is my favorite sports book. Football is going strong. You got the Patriots going on. You can bet on the Celtics collapsing in the fourth quarter and, oh. and making Nick Cattles despondent. Uh, but I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Why, you ask? Because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets, and they will walk you through setting up an account. They'll even help you, Nick. I had an issue with my account last week. I, I, I called had a little bit of trouble finding the right place, sent them an email. They replied to me like right away. We got my account all straightened out because I needed to collect my big winnings of the Patriots uh, beating <laughs> the Chargers. Like it's just like I told everybody last week. Uh, check out the offers on there. You can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. I bet at BetUS and so should you. That's BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book, and enter BSJ when you sign up. BetUS.com for a special bonus. BetUS.com where the game begins. And by the way, just so people know, it's not every week where I have a strong feeling about a Patriots game, uh, but I just felt all week and the more, and sometimes I watch a lot more film after we're done with the podcast for the week, but the more and more film I watched last week, Nick, the better I felt about the Patriots. I thought that they were going to win that game. And I thought really they were, I thought they were in control even though they trailed, I felt that they were in control the entire game, and and it was just a matter of time before they went out and won. And if they played well, if they played just a little bit better offensively, they probably win that game by twenty. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and and I was off. I thought it would be a close game, which it was. I thought the Chargers would late cover. I was obviously wrong. I was concerned about that secondary, but you nailed it. The way Bill Belichick. Uh, has Herbert kind of figured out, and Herbert struggled for most of the day. Before we get some more thoughts on the Chargers game, I do want to sprinkle this in. It's the trading deadline today. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to be released, probably yeah, after we'll, the deadline. I'll, we'll so, try to get it out earlier today so people can hear this. So let me just ask you, uh, what should we expect? Anything? I don't think so. So I've been asking around my league contacts to see what the Patriots are looking for, Nick. And... um you know, you probably saw my email, but you know what, if, if we're, I've said in the past, I want a slot receiver or, you know, maybe some sort of cornerback to help, but nothing big because you, you can't go out and trade more than what you got for Stefan Gilmore, which basically some used footballs with a 2023 six round pick. So right. I, I didn't really expect much, but the position that I'm hearing that the Patriots are looking for is defensive end. And I'm not talking about a pass rusher. I'm talking about a combo, two-gap, 
do a hmm. little bit of everything defensive end, which I thought was interesting. The more I think about it, it makes a little bit more sense. It doesn't make me think that Byron Cowart's coming back off of IR or pup anytime soon because he would seem to give you that. Um, but to me, it looks like the Patriots realize they need some help in the running game a little bit. Uh, I'm hopeful. I'm not optimistic that this is a first two down replacement for Dietrich Wise because he got creamed again in the running game, especially <laughs> on some of the biggest plays. He just cannot hold up against double teams. They need somebody who can hold up against double teams. And so it's interesting. The Patriots are out there looking for a combo run pass defensive end. My sources are not optimistic that they're going to find that, but that's what they're looking for. One name that popped up that I thought would would help is Andy Isabella. And I'm I'm not sitting yep. here telling you that he's incredible. You know, I, I agree with you. I had somebody on Twitter, of course, get back at me and go, Oh, yeah, he's gonna really chip in being inactive every week. Here, here's the thing. The Patriots, one of the things they they need offensively is a quick footed, quick twitch kind of slot receiver who can also maybe test the defense deep. Isabella can do that. I'm not telling you he's this game changer, but he's a guy that has the quick feet that can maneuver around out there and make some plays for them. I think he's a good fit. I would love a corner, but I just don't know if it's feasible at this point. I know Fuller is available from Denver. Uh, that's been out there today, but I don't know if they're going to give up anything. Like you said, you've mentioned with the Gilmore trade. They, I don't think they want egg on their face, giving up a lot more than what they got for Gilmore. But, man, again, we saw Jalen Mills late in the fourth quarter, inexcusable. He's just not good on the outside. And they've got to figure it out. I saw Jomon Williams played about 25% of the snaps. My guy Jerry Thornton uh, had that number in his his recap yesterday. Maybe they're starting to see something from Williams, but I'm, I'm just scared with Jalen Mills out there. Let's get to uh, things we feel good about on Sunday's game against the Chargers. Greg, tell me about Damian Harris. Yeah, I just thought that Damian Harris was spectacular in this game. And it's not even like, you know, he had a couple runs called back thanks to holding calls on the god-awful tackles on this team. But I just kept play after play, even when he's gaining like two or three yards. You know, I had him, I think I had him for 12-plus plays in this game, wow. zero minus plays. Wow. Um, yeah, he's just every week, he's right. He's right in his sweet spot right now, Nick. He just his vision is spectacular. He makes cuts. If any other running back, like say Sony Michelle was in the backfield for some of these runs, they would have been losses or no gain. But Harris, not only does he have the vision, but his his lateral movement, his burst, like he he looks so quick on film. He is just really coming into his own, and I just hope that Josh McDaniel sees that and says you know, we need to start featuring this guy a little bit more because right now he is one of the very best players on our team, regardless of position. And that goes hand in hand with something else we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. And it goes hand in hand with what we said about the second half of this game. Feels like the Patriots are figuring out their offensive identity, Greg. Yeah, no question. I think that, I think that they realized that, uh, you know, the running short game, play action, stuff like that. That's their bread and butter. I think they need to get out of, you know, shotgun five wide, spread the tight ends out. You know, you could do that against some teams like Mac did in week one. Other teams, it's a little bit tougher uh, in terms of disguise and also coverage. And, and look, I don't think some of the timing is still there. 
in the passing game. It's not good enough for them to do it yet. Like for for example, you know, the pass to Hunter Henry where Mac Jones hit him in the leg. You know, that's a play where Hunter Henry comes in motion, and I'll give credit. It was a really nice disguise by the Chargers where they showed man-to-man, but all of a sudden the guy who was went in motion with Hunter Henry blitzed, and Derwin James picked up Hunter Henry. And, you know, again, similar to Jacoby Myers had a play, I think, a week or two ago where, you know, he's he's coming out of his break and he's stutter-stepping, trying to make a move on the defensive back. Meanwhile, there's a free rusher coming at Mac Jones. Like, these guys have to realize those things and get open quicker. To go to your Andy Isabella uh, trade thing, they they don't have a lot of guys who do that, and so they're just not there yet offensively to be able to open it up. and And I think Josh McDaniels has to stop pushing the envelope with that and just let it organically generate. I want to stick with the offense uh, before we jump to the defense and two guys specifically on that defense that we feel good about. Max second half, it, it wasn't spectacular but there were some subtle things that he did that helped this team win. Sorry, who was that? I was just reading something. Mac Jones, his subtle, oh. his, his subtle second yeah, half. Yeah. He wasn't spectacular, but he did some subtle things that helped them win. Yeah, I th- you know, the play action, um, you know, I think some of the, the, the checks he's making, um, you know, just those are little things that when we talked about Cam Newton versus Mac Jones, we talked about how like Cam Newton is a crappy play action passer and they need to be able to execute play action and how Mac Jones is so great at hiding the ball and the biggest offensive play that, you know, Jacoby Myers was not open on a bust. He was open because Mac Jones sucked in the, the over aggressive chargers linebackers on play action. And that's why he was so open. So if, if, if that's Cam Newton and they've run that play a bunch, they've run it with Cam Newton. I remember that play, against the Dolphins where the linebackers are basically ignoring the play action fake because they know Cam Newton's terrible at it and they're just dropping back to pass. If that's Cam Newton, that's not only, it could be incomplete. It could be picked off instead with Mac Jones, Jacoby Myers is open by 20 yards. That's the difference in the little subtleties where he, he is a master of that in this scheme already. Yeah. I I just, I love his ability to respond when he's gone through it a little bit, when he faces adversity. And this is something we saw going back to the very beginning of camp. When he goes through some adversity, he has this ability to kind of settle down. And he was sped up in the first half. There's no doubt that was his worst half of football as a Patriots quarterback. But he settled down in the second half. And when this team absolutely needed a have-to-have-it kind of drive, a let's put our foot on the throats of the Chargers kind of drive. They got it done. They absorbed a bunch of clock. They scored points uh, two, uh, two times. They converted on third down with Mac throwing the football. The Nikhil Harry reception was mixed in. I believe Aguilar had about a 14, 15 yard catch during that drive as well. Again, his ability to kind of put everything in the rearview mirror and say, this is our chance to win this game. This is our chance to come up with a big drive. And the fact that he was able to do that and was super steady, I think just speaks volumes. Defensively, (laughs) you don't have to be a football expert to watch the Patriots pretty much now every Sunday and say to yourself, man, Matthew Judon and Christian Barmore, they're pretty good. They're they're outstanding. And they're they're turning into a real dynamic inside-outside duo. I mean, people are talking about, and look, this is this is not to meant to sound homerish, 
because you know I could see this happening on Twitter and probably already has where they're like, yeah, the Rams have Aaron Donald and who they just trade for Von Miller and Von Miller. Yeah, well, the Patriots have Christian Barmore <laughs> and and Matthew Judon. Like, look, I'm not saying that they're going to be the same, but I'll say they have they're building something somewhat similar. And you know, we've talked about it, Nick, ad nauseum about the Patriots personnel and the lack of difference makers on, you know, on different levels of this defense. And like all of a sudden now you look at, I mean, teams are dedicating people to take care of Matthew Judon, which they should. And he's still making plays. I mean, he was all over the place with like 10 pressures in this game. And Barmore does the same last week. He was my number one. Once I get through the defensive film, he's probably going to be in my top three uh, for this week. And, you know, you put those two guys together Adrian Phillips, if they can get him more on the second level as a linebacker, and then you know a little bit more playmaking on the third level, all of a sudden you start to see a little bit more playmaking in this defense, and and it starts with those two guys. And Barmore is getting better by the week. I'm a bit surprised that this has gone on with him from some of the some of the reports from other teams and people out of Alabama that they thought it was going to be a slow go for him. It's been the complete opposite, and you got to tip your cap to the kid. I mean, you know, a lot of people questioned whether his football IQ was going to be good enough for this scheme, and he, we know he had issues at Alabama. I don't see evidence of any of that on film this year so far, Nick. So uh, tip of the cap to Christian Barmore. I think he's doing spectacular, and hopefully he keeps his head on right and keeps doing it because he does have – the potential to be an excellent player here for a long time. Head on right. What do you mean by that? Football wise? I well, just it, it's all it focused. I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, Nick, it's it's oftentimes what you'll see with young players in this league is like they're fine for like the first year because really they go from college games to combine prep to workouts to you know, to, to the NFL, like basically, you know, their off season is, is consumed with pre-draft prep. And then they go right into an NFL program, which give far more credit. He went right into the Patriots program has done good. It's after their rookie season, all of a sudden they'll get done whenever the Patriots get done, probably early January. And now all of a sudden he doesn't really, those young players don't have to be in the Patriots facility for another like four or five months what do you do with yourself in that time? Because you're not going to be around the team. Teams worry about that stuff. I'm not saying it's bar more specific. It's just any young player, you want to see how they react to being a professional, and you're just not sure until they go through. All right, so we've we've gone through the, the things to feel good about. We had a list of things that you were worried about. We really hit most of them. I'll just ask you about one of yep. them. We talked about Jones sped up and the Jones face and Aguilar. Uh, Isaiah Wynn. Not getting much better. No, he's he's struggling, Nick. I mean, he, he, you know, there's something different with him every week. I mean, I just this is probably a topic, a larger topic for the off season. But uh, speaking of guys who have not done what the Patriots expected, I mean, they had to pick up his his fifth year option before I think most of the off season program. From what I heard, he wasn't there that much, and we've talked about it, that they haven't been very thrilled with his play and how he showed up. And they think that the rust that he's shown this season and the slow start he got off to was his own doing. And so 
The Patriots have to be regretting that. I wonder if they look to move him in the offseason on that fifth-year contract, which shouldn't be too expensive for for some teams. Maybe they can you know, get Nick Casario interested because I'm sure he was involved with the win draft pick. But I just think um, – I think he's definitely on the spot should, should if Trent Brown ever come back. <laughs> I think you got to look at that. I think you got to look in just – playing Trent Brown at left tackle and just sitting win outright. The worst calf strain in the history of calf strains, Trent Brown. Hopefully he's able to get back out there. Lightning round of three up, three down. Let's start with three up, Greg. Yeah, I think Adrian Phillips is kind of obvious with the two interceptions. Can Um, I just say this? I I know we've touched on this a couple times throughout the pod since we've done it. He's been so good since the Patriots signed him. He – and I think he's gotten overlooked because everybody's focused on bigger things, you know, finishing seven and nine and the quarterback question, the skill positions and McDaniels and the Adrian Phillips has been one of the best free agent signings that Belichick has made in some time. This dude has been really good. And Sunday, he was terrific. Absolutely. And I, and I remember doing the film review after they signed him and like, and I wrote it at the time. I was so excited. I didn't realize how, no, I mean, I realized what I didn't realize till I watched the film on him. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is so smart. He does a lot of the robber stuff that the Patriots like to do. He already did that in San Diego. He fit perfectly what they did, what they what they do. And you look at the Chargers and you're just like, I understand. They they basically picked uh, the the Adder is it Adderley. Yes. Adderley? Yep. yes. Adderley over. He was a second round pick in 2019. They basically picked him over Adrian Phillips and I I understand sometimes you got to do that but you know you just don't like good players like that going it's not like he broke the bank with the Patriots but he's been he's been terrific I mean I wouldn't say his interceptions were you know all his own doing I mean one was off Eckler's hands and the other one was just Jared Cook ran up just a horrible route uh, but that catch on the second touchdown yeah, was spectacular, especially for a defensive back and to jump up and score and give them the lead. Just spectacular. Two other guys. Uh, Damian Harris, which we talked about. Love him. He's getting better every week. He's he's at the top of his game right now. And I think the Patriots need to focus on utilizing that man. Matthew Judon, like we talked about, you could throw Barmore in there uh, as well. Just uh just constant pressure. I mean, the Patriots, I don't think they've really ever had a guy like this, or at least in some time that generates this much consistent pressure on the quarterback by himself without the benefit of scheme, which is normally how the Patriots have to generate pressure. Yeah. Barmore would be my ad. And also another guy, little Adam Jones shout out here, Gunner, Gunner Oshevsky, take that Jonesy (laughs) special teams, baby. Gunner was really good. How about your three down? Uh, I went with, uh, Devon Godchow in the middle. I just saw him getting pushed back time and time again. I don't know how healthy he is, but this has been an issue all year. Isaiah Wynn, we talked about, um, Kendrick Bourne. I had him for a drop in the end zone. I think he should have that pass. And he had the fumble that took off three points. Just can't happen. I mean, I love the kid. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a really good route run. He ran a spectacular route in this game to get open at one point in time, but, those are just mistakes. Those those basically cost the Patriots, well, for a touchdown. Yeah. Those two mistakes. And so it can't happen. The born drop is one of the things that will tie into the one thing I wanted to mention that we haven't talked about. And that was Josh McDaniels' red zone offense in the first half. I, I did not understand being inside the five-yard line and running the football once with Damian Harris. Uh, I just didn't get it. 
And I thought it was even worse when they decided on fourth down to throw a fade to Jacoby Myers, of all people. I, I did not get that stretch of play calling. I hated it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> and you look at the rest of this game, aside from the Brandon Bolden, hey, we're going to try to go up the middle with Bolden on third and short for the third time, and it didn't work out finally. Uh, I, I think this team was like five of six when you look at short yardage situations with their running backs. And, you know, three plays, you throw the football, one play, you run the football. Not a genius, but the three plays, you threw the football, zero yards out of those, incomplete, all three of them. The one time you ran it with Damian Harris in that stretch, you got three yards. Like, Come on now. We're at the point where you got to give him at least two touches inside the five yard line to see if your stud running back can find the end zone, especially against that defense. So I, I thought that was piss poor by Josh McDaniels. Um, he did get better in the second half. I'll give him credit for that. Aside from that Bolden play that I said, but uh, you know, most of all th that, that four down stretch. And then they also had a later stretch, which wasn't much better. Uh, the BostonSportsGeneral.com member question of the day, $39.99 on the annual plan. If you want to read about the Celtics' disastrous start, you can do that. If you want to read about the Red Sox offseason, uh, you can do that as well. Of course, they also break down the Bruins with Connor Ryan on the site too. And uh, the Patriots, you get the best of the best. A ton of video analysis from Bedard on the coach's film, direct access to him in weekly chats. What question do we have today, Bedard? So we have one from uh, my buddy Ben Don't Break 2021. It's a sort of a question slash comment. And he said, Greg, you keep moving the goalposts on this team. And I'm all for it. I don't know how I'm moving the goalposts. <laughs> With a solid effort today against a good team, why couldn't we continue moving forward? Excited to see this team battle the next three weeks on w what appears to be a similar uh, against similar 500-ish teams. I don't think I've moved the goalposts. I don't think I've... Look, I said I thought before the season my prediction was 11 and 6. I I'm I haven't come off that. I still think there's that potential for this team. If they get there, they get there. If they don't, they don't. And like I said, I'm almost always one game too optimistic with the Patriots, so it could be 10 and 7. Uh it's almost it's almost like clockwork that I'm one game over every year on the Patriots. Uh but look, like we talked about, there's no reason why they can't continue upward and I think that's that's the most important thing. Like I, they've gotten to this point. They've sort of scratched and clawed. What's in the past is in the past. You know how they got here. Some of their losses, some of their wins. It doesn't really matter. You know they went on the road. They beat a they beat a good solid Chargers team that could go either way with this year. I really like Brandon Staley. I really like what he's doing defensively. Might take them some time. They have some things to figure out. They have to realize that some of the teams have figured out Justin Herbert, and they need to find a way to help him. But in terms of the Patriots, I thought that was a good, solid win. Now, can they keep stacking success? And this is another good opportunity on the road in Carolina. Do not take this team lightly. They play hard. They're very, very fast, especially on defense, which I'm a little bit worried about with this Patriots team. But they got to get ready, meet the challenge, because uh, you can't go backwards now. You got to keep going forward if you want to be the team that we all think they can be. No guarantees, right? But when you look at this schedule, they have a legitimate opportunity. Carolina, Cleveland, Atlanta, if they take care of business, they can be seven and four. And who knows what seven and four looks like in the AFC this year, the way the rest of this conference is playing. 
Uh, he's Greg. I'm Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with, guess what? Nick Cattles brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. Back later this week to break down in depth that Carolina matchup. Until then, be good.